0: Welcome to the Love Serve Disciple podcast, a show highlighting the work of the Salvation Army around the territory as we focus on loving, serving, and discipling those in our communities. Find additional information about this month's guests and resources at allforjesus.salvationarmysouth.org. (laughs)
1: what is up guys welcome good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are to the love serve disciple podcast i'm one of your hosts major matt satterley and here with me is my co-host on this podcast my co-host in life major jamie satterley major jamie satterley how are you doing today (laughs)
2: I'm doing fantastic. Super excited to be here to be talking about our territorial priorities, uh, what it means to love and to serve and disciple uh, here in the Salvation Army uh, and in this kingdom-building process, and I'm super excited about our guest
1: today. In the room today, we have Majors Chris and Linda Thornhill who are going to tell us about their appointment and what they're doing here today to talk to us through these territorial priorities, what they are, and what's happening. So my first question to you, Major Chris Thornhill, is this, Uh, your hair reminds me of cotton- Joe (laughs) Yes it does Where did it Come from And where did It go Well um,
0: In the Nordic tradition (laughs) Of Of hair care what we have found is that when people go up in altitude, their hair actually goes okay. down. So the okay. thornhill Hill family okay. sat on top of a hill where the roses were.
3: And he digresses. And, All right.
0: Which brings me to hair cream.
3: Tell us,
1: please, who you are and tell our listeners out there. There are some people who know who you are, but for our listeners who don't know, who are you? What's your current appointment here at Territorial Headquarters? And then tell us about your family.
0: Well, I'm Major Chris Thornhill, and again, if we want to go co-host wise, uh, my co-host, my my the love of my life, my is, ride or die, That's my right. my ride or die, um, the the signer of my checkbook, yes, you know all of those things, um, the one who. Uh, Signs off on the do not resuscitate thing. That would be my wife. I am
3: Major Linda Thornhill. And together we... Who just signed that. (laughs) Together we participate in the Mission Evangelism and Cultural Ministries here at Territorial Headquarters. What does that mean?
0: Chris. That is a really good question. That's an excellent question. like I haven't seen that yet. Um, really, what, what mission evangelism and cultural ministries uh, entails is is really a it's a broad type of appointment, but really it is the adult programming and activities, all the resources that that come about for, for adults throughout the Southern Territory, and we help administer those things and create new program, create resources or give resources out to the territory. So whenever they are in adult programming, we can help come alongside them pushing forth and encouraging the mission of the Army, the evangelism that goes along with every program that we do in the cultures that we serve.
2: So, you guys are new in your position, as are we, trying to figure out what THQ life is all about. We already and got ours figured out. So, yeah, <laughs> you got it together. Think for yourself. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, uh, but as you're learning this new role, um, what are kind of your goals or your vision um, for mission and evangelism and cultural ministries?
3: Well, um, what we see in our department is that um, there's not a lot of adult resourcing right now. So uh, the youth department, you guys are doing a fantastic job. You've got a junior soldier discipleship curriculum, and you have your corps cadet uh, discipleship curriculum. But once a person graduates from corps cadets, there's no set discipleship material. So uh, one of our goals is to to create a material for adults that would keep them in the Word, that would help them to grow. You know, some people grow up in the Salvation Army and um, they've been through all of that process. Um, so it would be a natural flow. But then we have a lot of people in the Salvation Army that are new, they've not done the junior soldiers. or So uh, we wanna make sure that uh, we meet the adults in the Southern Territory where their specific needs are and re- we resource the field with um, the appropriate um, materials to make sure that they are growing spiritually and um, becoming what God's created them to be. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's very cool. Um, I think you uh, wrote an article, right? That has just came out in the Southern Spirit. Um, can you can you tell us a little bit about what we could read about that in that article? Discipleship <laughs> and evangelism. And
2: evangelism. <laughs>
1: Uh, would you uh, mind
2: clarifying, please, <laughs> <Yes>. sir?
0: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, within the article, what we've addressed is is that discipleship really is, is a challenge that we find in the Salvation Army. And I'm not saying it doesn't go throughout Christendom, but really it, it is a challenge we have in the Salvation Army. And we've seen that even through uh, other surveys that we've done. Uh, we see that Gray Matter Research and Consulting had a percentage that 47% of Christians are stuck or they feel stuck in the newborn phase of their spiritual walk. We see that in the Salvation Army almost every day, and only 6% of those Christians actually feel or, or get the idea that they've reached spiritual maturity. One of the challenges we have in the Army is really leadership. It really boils down to a leadership challenge that we see. When people get saved, we get them from the altar, slap a soldier's uniform on them, and put them into, and put them into work that's the way it worked when William Booth started the Army and it worked well. We live in a day and age where that may not work so well where, where people find an early um, early leadership instead of being brought along and, and learning really what the Salvation Army is, what the mission is, and really what we're all about. Yes, we're all about Jesus, we get that. We know that. But it really, it comes to building someone up from, from infancy and even into spiritual adulthood. We don't see that very often. And so we have a lot of people burning out and leaving. Or they don't understand the transition of officers in the local corps. So they, they are in the local worship area in, in that arena. So when someone gets moved, well, I liked them. I don't know if I'm going to like the next guy, so I'm, I'm out of here and then you you don't see any maturity in them. So that's one of the things that we've seen in the Army, and we want to address that through more adult programming, So and, and a better understanding of the Army, so that when they move forward, they understand what the transition of officers, what these uniforms really stand for, and how to grow in Christ through that.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. The, the temptation really is a, a to focus so much on the doing it's even you know it's in our brand doing the most good we're really good at doing and there's nothing wrong with that right to build the kingdom there are things that have to get done uh, there is service to be done it's what we're here for right to reach a suffering humanity but right along with being ha- or with doing has to be being right do we have to be in Christ right and that's kind of what that discipleship which you're going to talk a little bit more about um is really all about I if I'm just doing and I'm not also focusing on the being in Jesus, then it's almost like I'm making an idol out of my work. Right. right. Am I am I working who am I working for if I'm not taking the time to also be in Christ? Right.
1: This is a perfect time to introduce the uh, territorial priorities that have been introduced to us um, through um, just the vision of our territorial leaders uh, pointing us in this way, where it's taken from the Southern Territory Mission Statement to love, to serve, and to disciple, hence the uh, theme and title of this podcast is to love, serve, and disciple. We're, we're very good in the army. I think what I'm hearing you all saying is we're very good in the army about loving and serving, and it's the discipling that probably we need to uh, strengthen exactly. a little bit. So, um, Major Thornhill, what are we talking about when we say the word disciple and that being a territorial priority mm-hmm. for us now? What does that mean? What does that look like? How can we strengthen that discipleship priority?
3: Well, I think it's been laid out pretty clearly for us from our territorial commanders. When we look at the disciple portion of our priorities, um, we have four areas of focus where where we are looking at holiness and prayer and leadership development and discipleship. So um, what we want to do is um, equip our soldiers with how to pray— Um, making sure that our soldiers have a strong prayer life and that they're connected to the Savior, and then um, that they understand holiness, and that is something that we can attain. That's what we believe as salvationists, that we can attain holiness, and then equipping the soldiers to not only um, grow themselves, but to help identify others um, that need Jesus and share our story and um, witness, and that's that's it's it's a big picture for um, for what we are all called to do as Christians.
2: Yeah, so when we're thinking about discipleship, one of the things that I appreciate about um, our partnership with the youth department and with um, mission and evangelism and culture—this is a long title. Yes, Wait, it, it is. Is. It, really is. <laughs> is it with the fourth floor? Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> How, um, you know, we're we're trying to connect our departments, right, to work together because we realize that we are better. Together, yes. <laughs> we just stop over there. Almost uh,
0: interconnecting.
2: You know, we don't use the same strategies to disciple Gen Z that we do to disciple Gen X or Millennials or Boomers. Um, so I think that's one of the things, one of the positives about partnering together is that we can cover the whole thing. Uh, but can you talk a little bit about your goals in discipling? all generations yes. cuz you're you guys we're co- we've got gen z pretty much covered right, right? yes. Yeah. but that leaves you guys with the what millennials that's a flex, <laughs> that's and the, a flex the right gen there Xers, you guys don't uh, worry about gen and z the boomers. we got right. yes. the whole you guys whole have gamut. are you 17 sorry i can't help you <laughs> can't help
0: keep you keep walking <laughs> that's right you go to the third floor
1: <laughs> so let's can we just kind of go through those stages here Yeah. Um, like um, how how have we seen discipling people who are over the baby boomer generation right. of perhaps the older more seasoned generation among us well you know they
0: say that and uh, and I, I don't know when I'll ever reach that age in my <laughs> life um, but what they do say is that 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 for those that are in the boomer generation one of the the biggest challenges they have is the assurance of their salvation oh. and 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 so for for us to minister into into their lives and to speak into their lives is to give them the assurance that when Jesus says I am with you, yeah, he kind of is with you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and as we get into the younger generations, you know, to my much younger generation, uh, Generation X, we're we're just different. We we're we're, we're cut yeah, from a different built different. Yes. We are <laughs> built different, yeah. and and we we can really speak a little more forward in, into our lives and and how Jesus impacts us and how we can impact the world through our through our discipleship, through our leadership, and just through through our witness and really what that means. Words matter in our generation. When you get into the younger generations, what we see is that they want to see how they impact the world. Mm-hmm. It tends to be a little bit more me-centric. So, how do we how do we move it from you-centric to me-centric or even Christ-centered or from me-centered to Christ-centered? That tends to be the challenge, and I know y'all are facing that as well. How do we, how do we make that adjustment for those millennials, th- those who are in the millennial generation or even Gen Z? How do we make that work? You know that, That's where we really can work together. How do we make that impact, and how do we, how do we see that, that moving forward? So one thing that we, we were talking about, that question, and what we have found is that, give them the word,
1: yeah. Oh yeah, that's you know a great, any that's a great point. any
0: generation is 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 prime for understanding that God is unswerving in in what He says in His Scripture, and that we can give them a singular approach. It you know the, the Bible transcends generation; it transcends time, it because it, it is God's holy Word, and so we can reach them. And, and I, what I liked as we were talking about this is give them the uncompromising scriptural approach. Amen to Amen. the love of Jesus. It's not, well, what about, no, Jesus loves you. Yeah. Well, what about this, no, Jesus loves you. Something that I've used throughout our officership and I've said it in many sermons that I've preached is that Jesus will take you as you are,
1: Yeah,
0: but he doesn't expect you to stay that way. Right. For sure. yeah. For sure. And we do that through discipleship. Yeah. We do that through evangelism and loving them, but we gotta love them first because mm-hmm. if we don't love them, we're not gonna want to disciple them.
1: I appreciate you saying how the word, it transcends generations. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't even started getting facts or statistics about Generation Alpha now, which is coming up, which is the babies, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Like we have a new generation on the horizon that's about to, to come into teenagerhood and we're not even there yet. But I think it doesn't matter. We give them the word, mm-hmm. whether they're Boomer, Gen X, Millennial, Gen Z, Gen Alpha. Um, absolutely, that that is uh, wonderful stuff. And I think uh, listener out there, that is something that we can implement in our core. It should be implemented in our core. We hope that every Salvation Army core that is hearing this um, is preaching the word, is teaching the word. But I don't think that you can choke somebody out with too much of the word, right? And I think um, putting, it, putting the word out there, we just hold out the word of life, right? This um,
2: goes back to the being and doing. Our mission statement says, preach the gospel, and meet human need, right? right? It's not just about meeting the human need. It's meeting the human need while we're preaching the gospel. Exactly. Um, and so in everything that we do, all of our programmings, programmings, programs, yes. all of our programs, should we should be declaring the word of God over our people, even if it's on a messy night or, yes, you know, Whatever everything. the adult version of messy night right. is, everything points <laughs> back be. to God. That's right. Yeah. It's all Absolutely. about preaching the gospel in,
1: in a commercial for just like the youth department. Gen Z needs the word. Yes. Oh my yes. goodness, they need the word. They need to hear the the right truth. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: One of the most agitating phrases I hear is, "I want to live my truth." Mm. Mm. It it just grates on me like fingernails on a chalkboard.
1: Absolutely. When I hear
0: someone said, I need to live my truth. Yeah. Well, what is your truth? And that's where Gen Z really, I, th- I think they missed the mark on on discipleship or evangelism or even Jesus. Let's just use Jesus in yeah. the Bible. Well, how does it make me feel? Well, I'm concerned about how it makes you feel. Correct. Or, you know, I'm th- that, that has nothing to do with your spiritual walk. Absolutely. Your truth and 35 cents, Won't even buy you a cup of coffee now. Mm -hmm. You know, we need God's truth. And when we have God's truth applied to our life, well, then that means everything. Absolutely. Your truth will lead you in a hundred different directions because your truth and your truth and my truth and Linda's truth, it's all very different.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and when we say, you know, my truth, again, it goes back to that Christ-centeredness, right? Mm -hmm. My truth centers on me, what I think is correct, what I feel is right. Uh, Everything is focused on my humanity Instead of putting Christ at the center of my life and making it all about Him, there is only one truth, listeners. Let yeah. us make that clear. That's right, there yeah. are not different truths. That is the opposite of the word, the definition of the word truth. That's right. right? There is one truth. His name is Jesus. Right, the Word of God, uh, Christ in us. It is His truth. Otherwise, we're spending our wills and wasting our time. That's right.
1: There's this quote now that says, discipleship is the new evangelism. I think meaning when people see a, a deeper life in Christ, a changed life, that makes them really stop and wonder and go, wow, what do they have in their life? So do you think that that's true? Do you want to handle that?
3: I, I think that uh, discipleship and evangelism should go hand in hand, Um how we live our life should be a reflection of whose we are and then we share that with others that um, that we come in contact with uh, I think that um, a lot of times when it comes to discipleship um, we we gloss over that and um, it 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 really comes from, when we were having this discussion earlier about commitment. Um, Discipleship requires commitment. We need to make sure that we are committing to our uh, daily reading the Bible and having that conversation in the same way that I talk with Chris every single day about good and bad stuff. If I don't have that relationship with Chris, then, you know, our marriage is going to suffer. We have to have that same relationship with Christ Talking to him every day through prayer and uh, learning more about him and reading our Bible and, uh, and then, you know, being so excited about it that we share it with others. Yes, discipleship is, I think, hand in hand with an e- mm. e- evangelism.
0: Yeah, you know, we, as we were discussing this, you can't take a shortcut in the discipleship process. Right. That's
1: great. That's commitment
0: does not mean what it used to years ago, and that's really where evangelism and and discipleship from, you know, from from the boomers to the alphas and, and all of us in between, how that goes hand in hand, it re- does require commitment. Linda and I have been married um, for 25
1: years. Congratulations. Mazel tov. Uh, thank, thank you. It, thank <laughs> you.
0: But that would have never happened had we not communicated and been committed to one another. Um, it's all relational now, it, and you know the boomers. It's relational, but that may not have been been such a strong hold on the discipleship process or even following in a life of Christ, even for the, the the Gen Xers. It's a little little different from there. But when you get to the millennials and the Gen Zers, that that matters. Their involvement, mm, and, and we really haven't talked a lot about. And I know we wouldn't. You would about how they impact the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I think when people understand how they impact the kingdom, it sounds me-centered, but if their life is centered on Christ and how can I impact the kingdom for Christ, it's all in the wording. But commitment doesn't mean what it used to. Divorces nowadays, they come almost as quickly as the marriages. Mm-hmm. You hear stories of people being married for 45 minutes and then having <laughs> it mean, How does that happen? I don't need to know yeah. how it happens, I just know that it happens. Marriages, are just on the, are are breaking apart. They're on the rise as far as divorces. People jump in and out of them. Commitment isn't what it used to be.
2: One of the things that we talk about with youth leaders a lot is how youth ministry is a long game, Mm -hmm. right? And really the reality is discipleship is a long game. It's not something that happens uh, one night in a program, and they're like, "Cool, I'm discipled, mm-hmm. right?" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's you know, it's it's a long process. It's a hard process. It's an intense process. Can you share a little bit about like um, what that looks like and w- what that means for us in ministry?
3: Yeah. So, you know, I, I think a lot about musicians who want to learn to play an instrument. First, you have to pick the instrument, and then you go to classes. You have a tutor who who brings you along in the process, and you're not always going to get it right, and you're going to make some squeaky noises, and, but um, consistency is key. And it's the same way in our spiritual walk. When we accept Christ, um, that initial uh, salvation— that is a beginning point where we're babes in Christ, but we have to learn how to walk. We have to eat. We have to feed on the Word and grow from baby food to, um, you know, hard Christian facts. And sometimes it's not easy. But again, we go back to the commitment. We have to stay with the discipleship process. We have to to understand that there are not always going to be easy days we're not promised just because we're christians that everything's going to be rainbows and butterflies and um you know it sticking through the discipleship process is what brings us to holiness and i think when we are consistent in our walk But not only consistent, but when we have a community of believers around us that are uh, cheering us on and helping us out and walking us through the difficult times in life, that's what God intends our, um, our discipleship process to be, very much relational, relying on the strength of Him and those that He's placed in our life.
2: Absolutely. I think that's a a great point about relationships is a lot of times in in the Salvation Army, and I think in other churches too, when we think about discipleship, what we're really thinking about is programming, Yes, right? And that is certainly a part of discipleship, right? The curriculum of the corps cadets, the, the Sunday school material, those are all parts of discipleship, but it's not the entirety of discipleship. A very important piece and one that's challenging in the Salvation Army because of the the moves process and all of those kind of things is that uh, relationship is key yes. and long-term relationship is key, right? We serve a God who lives in relationship, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we are meant to be in relationship with each other. So if we're only focusing on discipleship through programming, we're missing a vital piece. Yeah,
1: yeah we like to say in the youth department that it's a, it's, this is not a, a Satterly idea, not a Salvation Army idea, that discipleship is a three-legged stool. There's curriculum, uh, which we kind of, t- the word, right? But then there's time, relationship, building experience, and history, and it takes. That's I think what makes discipleship so tough, especially in the Salvation Army. Officers come in and out, but our soldiers are there. Our, our soldiers continue can can disciple people as well. We need our soldiers to disciple others and be discipled themselves. But to build that that time, history, relationship, experience that takes time. That isn't something that's just done like Major Jamie said, an hour on a Wednesday night. We talked a little bit about um, uh, like corporate discipleship coming to the community, coming to the to the core with a word. But let's talk about that personal. Uh, discipleship, the spiritual disciplines that a person has to, as you said, Major, be committed, surrendered to. Yeah. I'm going to do this work in my own life. Like you said, Major Linda, about that musician who wants to learn, mm-hmm. they're going to have to put in the practice. That's right. And that doesn't just happen at the core. It can happen in your own house, wherever you are.
2: Right. There's so, a two part. There's two parts to this, right? There is the, our responsibility to be disciplers, but I also have a responsibility in myself to make sure that I am being discipled, right? right? right. I, I can't disciple disciple if I am not being discipled. That's exactly.
1: So spiritual disciplines, we know these, like prayer, reading the word, fasting, science and solitude. I mean, depending who you talk to, you can right. get a list of six or you can get a list of 60 exactly. spiritual disciplines. Right. So let's talk about why are, they, why are those important and what can our listeners out there do if they're not doing that? Like, what advice would you give them to somebody who's not doing personal spiritual disciplines?
0: Well, we were looking at some of the the disciplines that that you can use, and and some of the ones that that we came up with would be prayer, reading the Bible, a corporate worship. I believe corporate yeah, worship yeah, is it, it, it's being lost yeah. for whatever reason, but I believe that's very important. Accountability, sharing your testimony, and being relational with God, and yes, that could go along with prayer, but I think being relational is is a little bit more than that. It's being able just to talk to Him. Yeah. You know, like like a father.
1: Like abiding.
0: Right.
3: And I think that um, one thing that we don't look at or consider when we look at spiritual disciplines is time management. If you don't make the time and you don't make the space, it's never going to happen. You have to make... Um, your relationship with Christ a priority. If if you want to grow, you have to be in the Word. And if you don't have an intentional time to be in the Word every single day, Amen. something else is going to take precedence. Ooh, so uh, you've got to have the time to do it. We all struggle with time. But making sure that these are the priority, um, you know, the territory has established these three priorities. But personally, making the space in our life to make these things happen. Yeah,
0: I uh, when I, when I think about the spiritual disciplines, I, there are there are a few people that I think about, and and one that I think about a lot when I when I think of what does it mean to go from here to there in, in my walk with Christ. It, it really comes down to, I think, of a runner. I know that, that analogy is used a lot in Scripture. Paul uses it a lot in his letters. But I think of our son. Uh, our oldest son was, uh, and I'm not just bragging, it's true, he was a track star in college, and, uh, and, and he started in seventh grade and he was horrible. <laughs> that that's my encouragement for my child. I hope that he's listening to this cuz he knows that he was. You know, when you're running a 3 mile There's only pr- one truth. There, there's <laughs> only one truth and that is the truth. He was horrible, but I kept encouraging him. Keep going, keep going, keep moving, and he kept running, and and he went through high school, and he changed uh, specialties in his in his in his career, and he, and he found that one person that was willing to mentor him, to coach him or disciple him in his craft, and he turned it from a he would have been a mediocre runner in this one particular race, but he he discipled him in a different way. Look at it in this lens, and once he saw it in that lens. He went from mediocre to setting state, regional, and even school records in college and was a conference champion With just because he, was, he switched that gear and he found people to help him along the study. Now, it took a lot of work. When I would call him, he'd be out of breath half the time because he'd been running, he'd been training, he was working for that goal which was to be the very best that he could be in that craft. And I think if we use that in the same sense with our spiritual walk, yes, there is a goal. Our goal is to be with Jesus forever. There is that that is the goal. And we can work toward that goal in our spiritual disciplines. You know, if we pray unceasingly, you want to read the Bible, what is it what do I get out of this? Yes for me, but how can I touch other people with this? Corporate worship. Again, I think that that's something that that we're missing. You know, people need to understand you can do it on your own. Yeah, but it's a lot harder. Yeah. yeah. When That's you true. when you have a body of believers around you encouraging you, building you up, which is scriptural, that helps you in
1: your wall. Major Jamie's going to give okay. us our last question. She's going to bring it home with some practical steps here. So, Major yeah. Jamie,
2: that's right. I'm a, a practical person, right? Yeah. I love like I the, I love conversation. I love all this stuff, but I want to know like what are my practical applications? And so, when we're thinking about discipleship in the corps, whether it's seasoned officers or new lieutenants or long term soldiers or even soldiers who are just starting on their walk themselves, uh, what are some things that they can do? Some practical steps for their own discipleship and to encourage discipleship community in their core?
3: Well, I think that, um, again, I go back to Jesus always being the focus. We don't wanna lean too heavily on, oh, if I'm doing this program or if I've got this thing going on. Always making sure that we have that relationship with Jesus, um, making sure that it is uh, foremost in all that we do. But we also want to provide some practical resources. Making sure that you know your spiritual gifts Taking a spiritual gifts assessment Making sure that you know how you are gifted And then you can recognize that in other people And help them in their process as well Um, Being able to... to talk to others and sharing your story, people don't understand that um, they go through what they go through for a reason and a purpose. And a lot of times, when we um, share our testimony, we we think, "Oh, I I don't have anything that I want to share." No, people need to hear that we are um, relate that we have gone through what they've gone through and come out on the other side. So, just being able to speak freely about what we've been through and how god has brought us through is in itself um, a huge testimony to what um, the way god works and the power of his word so uh, make uh, developing your story and then sharing that with others and then um, uh, we we talk about being in community but um Talking to your corps officer, talking to um, uh, the um, those in your church that or your corps that um, that uh, have insight to share and are able to um, to to share with you uh, history. That's that's really important, but also um, what's going to bring you through to, um, to achieving that holiness in your life. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of different practical steps. We've created um, online resources that are available um, that are on Ministry Toolkit that they can um, access, Bible studies, um, people within the Salvation Army who have written books. We just constantly need to be intentional about um, growing because we're never where we need to be.
1: I Like that shout out you just gave to Crest Books. Yes, that's uh, right, Chris. Right. Anything? And what about for um, you know, officers? What about the officers that are listening that you know just need that encouragement about mm-hmm. being discipled or discipling others? Yeah. I don't have time. I'm so busy. Yeah. What would you say to those guys?
0: Yeah, we're all busy. Yes, you know the time is. We have a, a finite number of hours in the day. How do we choose to use them? Well, it's on them. From from an officer perspective, we've spent most of our career. In in as uh, in, in army using army vernacular for a second uh, you know in the field, um, as as local officers in the army or even as regional officers, uh, for the Salvation Army, how do how do we how do you move forward? Well, there are some moments we, we live in a moment uh, in history when people want to have everything done for them, mm. and even officers we expect, and and that that word right there, we we should kind of get rid of that that verbiage. We should not expect anything, but there are some things that we should just learn how to do on our own. Now, I grew up with a dad who was a, a baby boomer, and so he'd say just suck it up and deal with it, <laughs> you know. Um, but we're not in that that day and age anymore. How do we do that? Well, find, uh, find an officer. Find a local officer, even an outside Bible study mm, to that's get good. involved in. That's good. Just because we're in the Salvation Army doesn't mean that we can't talk to other people. We can talk to other people because I'm sure they're going through a lot of the same stuff that we're going through.
3: And officers go to officers' councils. They're, it's good. You mm-hmm. may not think you've got the time, but it's good. <laughs> it really is good. You know,
0: sometimes it's nice to know I'm going through that too. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. one of one, – someone that I, I – and, I, you know, it's one of those moments where you don't realize it until you don't have it anymore. Someone that I, I really enjoyed – being with, and I gained a lot of encouragement, and 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 even challenged to move forward. Um, was my local advisory count, or advisory board chair? Mm, Once a good. month, we would get together and we would just go out to lunch and we would talk about life, sports, where he went to college, where I went to college. We talk about our kids our wives what they're doing you know what all of the stuff in life very little had to do with business and a lot of times we were just talking about that and prayer and scripture and how his church was doing how our church was doing you know we would just talk about all of those things someone that that you know as as a salvation army officer we kind of veer away we talk to you on a business level but not on a you know on a personal level but we broke those barriers down and we had a great relationship and he was able to speak truth into me Yep. and I was able to speak truth into him. And there'd be moments when he would come by my office
1: and go, Chris, I just need to talk. Sure, that's And good. We, we had that kind of that's relationship, good. and I miss it now. That's that leg of the stool. That's right. Majors Chris, Major Linda Thornhill, thank you so much for being here. We know you're not going anywhere. If people have... Uh, Questions about resources or how they can disciple, yes. um, or just want to talk it further, can they get a hold of you. Is that all right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, sure. They can get a hold of us. Um, they can uh, put your personal cell phone number. Uh, right. My personal cell phone number here. I need to use your phone to, start <laughs> to find my personal cell phone number. Um, you know, but if they need to, they can just contact the Salvation Army, their local Salvation Army, and just ask for the Thorn Hills. I'm sure they can find us that way. That right. um, You know, or just right. call your local Salvation
1: Army. Well, thank you for taking the time to be with us Um, again. uh, This has been the Love, Serve, Disciple podcast. Thanks for hanging with us. We will see you next month. God bless. Thanks for listening. For more information and resources
0: about the Salvation Army's territorial priorities, visit allforjesus.salvationarmysouth.org and follow us on Facebook at Sal Army South.